0: Hey you guys, welcome back to my City of Champions podcast, where I'm talking with local Edmonton athletes, artists, and entrepreneurs to hear their stories, find out what drives them, and learn their keys to success. Today, I'm really fortunate to be talking with an endlessly talented woman. Bree Gouley is one of the pioneers responsible for growing the practice of yoga in Edmonton. That's right, yoga. It's not jogging yoga, and it's not yoga with jeans. It's yoga for jocks, and it's certainly no joke. I've swept my way through many intense classes with Bree. In addition to being a tremendous athlete, Brie is also a wicked photographer, social media expert, and happens to be one of the sweetest and most genuine people on the planet. So make sure you go give her a follow on Instagram. It's Briagooley, which is B-R-E-E-A-G-U-H-L-E, or just link to her through my Instagram page. In this episode, Brie gives us a really valuable look into a couple things, including her competitive nature, advice on controlling your breath to control your body, and also what it's like as a female coach in primarily male-dominated sports like hockey and football. It's very interesting information, and I hope you guys all enjoy my conversation with Brie. Okay, sitting here with Brie Gooley today. Brie, how you doing?
1: I'm good. Yeah. Thank you for having
0: me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for doing this. What's uh what's your morning looked like so far?
1: Um calls, workout, training. Regular.
0: So, Bree is one of how many instructors for yoga in the city?
1: Um within Edmonton, I think there's maybe 3. 3? Maybe 3. I did a training here last February and trained a whole bunch, but they have to go through a certain amount of certification hours and things like that before they're actually Certified trainers. So hopefully more in the next little while
0: now would those be trainers within Edmonton or would they have come from other cities both. to train here? Okay. So there was
1: f- quite a few from Edmonton, but also surrounding areas, Calgary, Lloyd-Minister, like all, all around Alberta mostly um, Yeah, so a little bit of both
0: So whenever I tell my friends that I'm doing a yoga class, I kind of mm-hmm. get this look like, are you just saying it weird? Are you saying it with like, you know, uh, Ron Burgundy from Anchorman? I'm going jogging. Yeah. They think it's, I'm just making a joke. But can, for those who don't know what it is, and you know, for anyone out there, explain a little bit, basically what yoga is.
1: Yeah. So yoga, I've gotten the same weird looks before. Um, are you jogging with jeans on? Like just No. (laughs) Um, So, yoga, the J comes from Jock. Um, So, it's yoga designed for athletes. Um, So, we use the biomechanics of sports and then the relaxation and breathing of yoga and bring a system of movement that helps prevent injuries in people's bodies.
0: Great. So, you utilize basically um, traditional yoga movements, but in a different kind of a different mannerism?
1: Yes. Um... If you think about traditional yoga, if you go to a yoga class, you are constantly holding all the positions for a very long time, which doesn't make sense for an athlete's body. If you think about athletics, you're in constant movement all the time. So what yoga does is we are on a yoga mat, um, we're using our breath with our movement, and that's the big thing we're moving all the time we're not standing and holding those static postures because it doesn't make sense for your muscles so the constant movement um using the biomechanics of sports so the sports positions that you would see in football in hockey in soccer on a yoga mat
0: okay now what first drew you to this
1: Um, I've always been involved in athletics and I really, really like, um, sports movements. I studied kinesiology and then I did my yoga training and then I was like, well, athletes need yoga, but they don't get it in the proper way. They go into a class and they hurt themselves or they're doing these weird positions that don't make sense for their bodies. So I just did my research. I discovered yoga and it's a fairly new company or brand new company at the time. Um, so I right away was like, this is, this literally is me in a nutshell. So I went to the trainee and took it and fell in love and yeah, that's what I've been doing.
0: (laughs) Right. So did you play a lot of sports growing up?
1: Yes. Um, mostly I was mostly a volleyball and track player. I also just did sports like all the time after school with my brother, constantly playing athletic, just athletic things. And where
0: did you guys grow up?
1: In Daysland.
0: Daysland, so yes. kind of a little bit more rural setting. A
1: small town, um, eight hundred people. Eight hundred total, yeah. So.
0: <laughs> How many of those can you name?
1: Eight hundred, not in, as many anymore as yeah. I used to be able to. When you, when you're in school, you know a lot of people, but now I, I don't know that many.
0: Did you ever, have you ever, do you ever run into people that you from the town that you grew up in and in, in Edmonton?
1: Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Mostly the random places. Um, Superstore or <laughs> places you wouldn't expect to see someone that you know. Yeah. Um, but once in a while, you run into people. Lots of lots of the people like Edmonton's the closest city to Daysland, so after high school, lots of people come to Edmonton. Mm-hmm. So yeah, occasionally you run into people.
0: And you and your brother are pretty close in age, right?
1: Yes, we are. He's a year and a half younger than me.
0: Would that have made you guys pretty competitive with one another?
1: Uh. I would say I'm more of the competitive one over him. He's really chill, relaxed, (laughs) mellow. Um, But we were always playing sports, but I wouldn't say that I was more competitive with him. He didn't really care. Right. um, (laughs) My dad is also very competitive, and my mom a little bit, but more so my dad. So I think I get it. So it's funny
0: because I think I'm from a competitive family as well, and you don't quite realize. How competitive your family is until you start experiencing other people's families and 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 then it really becomes apparent that maybe you're the exception rather than the rule yeah Um, and then you learn that you have to dial a background some people
1: because not everyone's
0: ready and willing to compete in anything that they do
1: so true
0: Uh, so I talked to your brother Dawson and he asked me to bring up a story about you and a kid in uh, elementary school I think it was uh, certain incident playing dodgeball.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, he said
0: that your competitive streak is, is pretty fierce.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I won't <laughs> deny that. I, I like to win. <laughs> um, but uh, that is a story. I was in, I don't know, high school, maybe junior high. Junior high, probably. And we were playing dodgeball. And I got a little competitive, hit him in the head... Broke his glasses, <laughs> feel really bad about it, he was okay, but...
0: <laughs> well, I mean, if he was okay at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Um, and it's, it kind of makes sense that you would have gone into you know, an industry where you're working with highly competitive people and athletes. Um, now, you guys also are fairly involved in, in horse racing and, and rearing horses as well. Is that the right term?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how involved are you or have you been in that over your life?
1: In the horses? Yeah. A little bit. I really enjoy going down to the farm, seeing the horses, going to the races, watching them race. It's mm-hmm. really it's an intense feeling when there you have a horse racing in the race. Um, I don't get involved... As much as my brother does, he loves it. He knows, like, all the pedigrees and that type of behind-the-scenes stuff that I don't know as much about. But, again, it's that competitiveness of winning and wanting your horse to do good um, that my whole family has. Right. Uh, Yeah.
0: And can you even see it with the horses, like their competitive nature?
1: For sure, 100%. It's pretty cool, actually. They are athletes, and they want to win, so it's really cool to see... Well, when we have them as babies, and then they grow up and start to train, seeing them run their first race is pretty cool. Um, it's, it's it's huge for my mom. Like she does so much work. It's, it's they're like family to us.
0: Yeah, it's like seeing a kid grow up and exactly. do something, right? Yeah. Can you tell from a pretty young age the horses that will be successful and? Mm,
1: not necessarily. They're late
0: bloomers and early bloomers, like.
1: I mean. Some, you can definitely, every one of them has their own personality, just like a person. So we've had one horse who, whenever she would go running out in the field with all the other ones her age, she would never want to be the last one in. She would always have to be first. So you see that, those little things. um, But you never know who's going to be the champion. You never know. That's what's kind of scary, but also so cool about horse racing, is that it can be like the little runt of the, the pack or whatever you want to call it that ends up being the best horse there is.
0: Right. Maybe a chip on the shoulder or something like that. Yeah. Always being last and then wanting to be first. It's
1: crazy. So,
0: <clears throat> I think you told me once too that you can see with horses after a race, like whether they win or whether they lose.
1: Yeah, some of them, um, well, we've had horses and when they win, they're so excited. They're so excited. They're just and race horses are really high strung so they are so like super intense and crazy um, and after a race you can tell like their head will be up high they'll be prancing away so happy like they know they won and then Strang, another time just like time, a person yeah exactly another time they'll lose and you'll go back to the barn and see them and they won't even take a peppermint from you like you can just they just know that they had a bad race or didn't do well just literally just like a human an athlete
0: That's wild. And that's something no one would ever understand or realize unless you kind of go and get to know the horse culture and the horse community a little bit. Exactly,
1: People don't really realize how big of um, athletes they are. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Like, the training that they do, their bodies are insane. Like, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, they're built specifically to run,
1: to sprint. And they love it. They love it. They do. They love it.
0: So what's happening with the North Lines racetrack and, and... Kind of Is that closing down? Or are they moving um, it?
1: They're making a new track outside of Edmonton um, called Century Mile. Mm-hmm. They're making a mile-long track. It's kind of over by the airport. Um, I think that's supposed to be done in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be really, really good for the industry. Having a mile-long track will be huge. And, um, yeah, it'll be good for the whole horse racing industry.
0: Getting back into more of the yoga the yoga talk here um, so you were going through school did physiotherapy came across yoga then then where did you hear about yoga where did you see it was it on a an ad in a magazine or word of mouth or
1: just researching online yeah Google
0: <laughs> and did you know before then that you wanted to kind of be a, a coach as a career
1: yes and no I didn't really I didn't really know I just knew that I loved body movements I love I love what athletes do. I think it's incredible how they use their bodies for their career. It's amazing. Um, they have so much drive, so much focus, and they have to, they just do so much with their bodies, and I love that. I think it's so incredible, and it, any way that I could help them, I wanted to do that. Um, so when I discovered this, I thought, hey, this is really cool, this is new, this is innovative. Um, Let's try it and see what happens. And again, like I said, when I took the course, I fell in love with it. I think it's so intelligent. The whole system is amazing.
0: Do you think you have any particular skills or characteristics that really help you in being a coach?
1: It's it's interesting you say that because when you think about a coach, especially for an athlete or a hockey, for example, or football, their coaches are usually men. They're usually very loud, um, screaming at them, telling them what to do all the time. So. It's different for me because I I tell them what to do and they, but I'm a woman. They also um, and I'm soft spoken, which is different for them. They don't hear that all the time, which I think is an advantage for me because when I go in, it's like this calm setting um, where you're still doing such such hard work, but you're getting like this different voice coming at you. It's almost like a nurturing just a woman's voice where that allows you to relax a little bit more and almost recover, which is what every athlete needs.
0: Right. Definitely. And also I think a huge thing too, at least from my personal experience with yoga versus like a team training setting is that it's not so much about what anyone else is doing and it's all about what you're doing, right?
1: 100%. You get it, you get
0: a team together on the ice or on the field or anything. They're always trying to one up each other. Yep. But with this, you, the, it's intense and it's difficult. So you have to only, you can only afford to focus on yourself. Yeah, so if exactly. you start looking at the guy next to you, you're going to screw over. up your balance, right? <laughs> I think that's huge. Um, it's
1: very humbling.
0: Yeah. It's
1: very humbling. Um, especially for athletes because they are amazing with their bodies. So something new and different like this is hard for them, and challenging. Um, they, that's, and that's what they like about it because it's, it is hard and it is challenging and it brings out your weaknesses, but they don't want to have weaknesses. So, they realize that if they continue to do it, it's gonna. those weaknesses are gonna turn into strengths.
0: Now, have you ever had an athlete kind of just totally push back and say, I'm not comfortable doing this, I don't wanna do it? And how do you deal with that?
1: Um, I'm trying to think, I mean, I'm sure there's people that don't like it. I've had uh, goalies who do yoga primarily three days a week and they do yoga and it's just different. Like once you're set in your ways, you're set in your ways, and something new and different, it's you have to. It takes the the right person to be like, okay, this is this is better for me. When you already have your specific ways of doing things, so um, there's I'm sure there's people who don't like it 100%. There's people who don't like. Everything, anything, any type of yoga. There's people who don't like yoga, so why do they think that they would like yoga until right. they try it? Then they realize it's completely different. Um, but there's still there's going to be yogis who don't like yoga. A lot of yogis that don't like yoga because of what <coughs> it is. Um, it's different, completely different than what they're teaching.
0: Right. It's the same with any any newer age mentality or philosophy or an up, update to any older operating system, exactly. people, the traditionalists, are going to refuse it or, or push back because it's not the way it was designed. Exactly. But everything in life is always changing. Yeah, right?
1: exactly. Innovating.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about the technical aspect of, of yoga. Um, when, you're, when you're doing these movements, what parts of the body are becoming activated that aren't necessarily activated in everyday sports or, or, or don't get activated in the same way as, as you do with yoga?
1: Yeah, so yoga is actually not um, not labeled as a stretching system. We label it as a neuromuscular repatterning system. So we try to, um, cr- the muscles that become weakened or compromised from injuries and things like that become, like I said, weak and you stop using them. And then you get all of your other muscles working for that muscle. So your body's not actually working properly. So when we go through yoga, we really want to make sure that we're activating the correct muscles at the correct time, and allowing your brain to realize which muscles should be activating. And once you continuously do that, then the, sh- the feedback loop from your brain to your muscle becomes shorter and shorter and shorter, and eventually it's just natural. So activating our core properly, no one no one does it. Whether you're doing a plank, a push-up you're not activating your core properly. And yoga, that's a key thing in our system. So as you continue to do yoga, you realize I'll cue you all the time to activate your core. And again, that shortens the feedback loop. So eventually your core naturally is becoming activated when you're doing all these movements away from yoga, everyday life, your sport, um, whatever you're doing. Same with like For example, glutes. Most people don't use their glutes properly, which causes a lot of pain in their knees or they're using their quads more than their glutes, and your glutes are your biggest muscle in your body, so we need to get those activating. So again, when we go through yoga, the glutes are activated at the proper times. Again, creating that feedback loop to shorten, and then eventually you're using your glutes when you're jumping, you're squatting properly
0: right so it's sort of like going through the motion with any any sport in terms of like learning a proper swing or learning a proper stance or the right way to shoot with basketball mechanics you need to you need to learn to sequence it properly otherwise you're going to be out of sync and 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 risk injury risk not developing the way you should develop yeah um so are there any other kind of side benefits other than other than flexibility other than uh improved power and and confidence are there any other sort of biological benefits or or side benefits that come up from this?
1: Yeah, so a lot of yoga is about the relaxation um, that you do see in yoga, so um, Since yoga is targeted to athletes, but not just athletes everyday people you most people have a hard time sleeping if you think about an athlete and they're on a road trip for two weeks they skate they have a game then they travel the next day have another game by the end of their three three and three they're exhausted if you look at the injury list from the previous the week before and then that week guaranteed there's going to be a few more extra injuries because their bodies aren't recovering properly so we really try and focus on a lot of relaxation and breathing techniques throughout yoga to help a person's body relax that they can use in a sport, if they're nervous, um, before a game, if they're nervous, if you can't sleep at night, when you're on the bus, things like that—just small little things—that your breath can do for you—that will help your body recover. If your body's recovering, then your muscles are going to be able to recover. And if if they're not, then that's going to cause injuries in your body. Your stress goes up. Everything. Is the out bre- of whack.
0: The breathing aspect is such an undervalued part of it too. I think, right? Like when I was doing yoga regularly with you a couple of years ago, I noticed that. Outside of yoga, I would just be taking these much more fuller, deeper breaths. Like my belly would be in, like fully expanding. And it's yeah. just like you feel good because you're actually sucking in air in a proper way. Yeah. And I think for me, that was a huge side benefit. It's just learning to breathe to breathe. normally. Because I think most people are stressed or carry tension. And oh always just sort of huge. clammed up a little bit.
1: No one breathes properly. That's the problem. And breath, breath is life. Seriously. Mm. So... Um, that's huge when I'm working with with a team or an athlete to see them and teach them how to breathe properly is like uh, oh my gosh it's a game changer because you don't realize how important your breath is whether it be learning how to belly breathe creating um, or connecting to your relaxation response or learning how to find different areas of your body to create more lung capacity for you which will help your VO2 max when you go into fitness testing. There's like just the smallest little things that your breath can do that people don't realize that.
0: Yeah, I was I was listening to a podcast the other day and and they're talking about breathing techniques. There's a guy named Wim Hof. Have you heard of him? So Wim Hof is like the ultra endurance guy. He's, he's done marathons barefoot in Alaska, like on ice. And, and he's been submerged in, in, um, in buckets of freezing water for hours at a time, like that kind of thing. Amazing. And he attributes his incredible control of his mm-hmm. body systems mm-hmm. and heat regulation strictly like, purely to breathing and to yeah. his techniques. That's
1: amazing.
0: And so there's this one technique. So breathing, when we, we hold our breaths... You probably know this, but when we hold our breaths, the the urge to breathe isn't from a lack of oxygen. The initial primary response is from a buildup of CO2. And then once that once that once you surpass that, then you start becoming oxygen deprived. So it's a way for our body to safeguard against running out of oxygen to our yep. brain, right? Yeah. So there apparently, and I haven't looked into this yet, through Wim Hof is a way to train your um your resistance to that CO2 buildup marker so that you're able to have deeper breaths, utilize more of that oxygen, obviously for for athletes who are... Have constant access to oxygen, not as big a deal, but a swimmer, it would be huge yeah. to be able to to utilize your breath that much more efficiently. Yeah. So yeah. So there's a, I agree, a whole whole slew of ways well, to utilize actually, breath.
1: when you, if next time you're in a yoga class, when we do our breathing exercise at the beginning, mm-hmm. you'll notice that um, every time at the top of our breath we hold. Mm-hmm. That's because we're training our nervous system to understand it's okay to be there. Mm-hmm just like as in an athlete when they're running out of breath or they're holding their breath they realize it's okay to be here i'm not i'm not losing my breath i'm not dying this is okay right so
0: it creates a really like warm sensation inside it like it you feel it's like it's like anxiety in your chest but in a good way if that makes sense like yeah, you feel that you feel that sure. same kind of activation of whatever system that is yeah but it doesn't feel bad like anxiety does which
1: is interesting because I've had lots of people tell me that they don't like that they get they get they panic yeah when their breath when they're holding their breath at the top when they're full of air they panic they don't like it
0: it's very fascinating Um, so you work primarily with teams now is that right you started off and this is a little to my little to my detriment but you used to do a lot of sort of dropping classes, and it just took off so much that now you almost work exclusively with teams. What teams are you working with in town here?
1: Um, I work with well. I work with mostly hockey just because, obviously, Alberta, Edmonton, Canada, mm-hmm. hockey is the primary thing here. So in the wintertime, I work with a lot of um, prep teams, um, midget AAA teams, junior A teams, WHL teams. Right now, since it's off-season training, I work um, at different facilities. So I'll work at Body by Bennett, first-line training uh, with the Oilers. Uh, wherever they want me around the city, I'll, I go to them and work with those athletes. So it's it's different from the off-season to the in-season training. So.
0: And you've worked with the Eskimos too before? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Do you find are there any differences in approach between hockey players and say football players Yes. <laughs> what, what are the, what are the um, things you notice
1: if you think look about look at a football player well uh, maybe the defensive line more so than the offensive line but they're huge they're like six 350 pounds they're massive uh, so their bodies are a lot different than a hockey player would be so you have to tailor it to them they can't hold downward dog for very long. They can't hold plank for very long. They are so strong, but their bodies don't move as well as you would see a hockey player move. They, a hockey player might have really tight hips and might not be able to move, um, walk their feet towards their hands as well, but they can do that better than a football player who's 6'5", 300 pounds. So you have to tailor it to what they can do.
0: Is it empowering for you, as you know, a blonde, pretty blonde girl, to have all these massive four hundred pound men just following your directions <laughs> to a tee? Is it just sort of like this is good? The boys are behaving, you know. <laughs>
1: it's interesting because it's hard as a girl to go into sports, um, really hard because you, um, you're a woman and going into sports is like has been a no no for so many years, right? right? So, um, being able to work with professional athletes isn't easy and it's 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 stressful you have to get there um you have to get the respect and if you don't get the respect then you're not going to be there anymore so for me to go in there and work with them and have them um follow along with me and respect me and do what I'm doing and know that it's helping them is like makes me so happy it's huge.
0: What strategies do you deploy to kind of go in and get their respect? Do you have to carry yourself a certain way? Uh,
1: I just I mean I've had I've heard from girls who have to go in and be like really tough and really I don't know how to explain that. right like, like author- authoritative. Yeah, yeah. where I, I'm opposite. I just go in and be myself. I right. smile, I'm happy, I'm bubbly, I talk to them um, and that so far that's worked for me. And I, I, don't, I don't want to be anyone else, I want to be myself, that's why I want them to hire me, so I don't want to be different than that.
0: Do you think it's that just genuineness, that authenticness that really comes through? I think whether, whether you're authoritative or whether you're more passive, I think as long as you're being who you are, do you think that probably speaks more for to anyone? Su-
1: for sure, I would hope so. I, I mean, there's a lot of yoga trainers in Canada and we all do the same thing yet we're all completely different so even though yoga is part of why we have a job it's not just that but it's also your personality and who you are getting that job Um, so I like to think that that being yourself is like a key part of getting being being given the opportunity to work with these different people.
0: Yeah, I think people, no matter who you are, and especially athletes coming from a pretty like tribal culture almost, mm-hmm. they can sense outsiders who aren't being authentic. They can yeah. sense a phony, right? Yeah, for They sure. sense someone who's coming in with ill intent. Yeah. Um, so for you, who would be your ideal client group? Like, is there some like dream team that you one day <laughs> want to coach? Like uh, if you could coach anyone in the world?
1: There's a lot. <laughs> Um, future I would love to work in like the NFL, NBA and work with um, more like the recovery side of um, it so work with their athletes after games or um, just if they if they're rehabbing an injury I think Joka is amazing for those people who have, have gotten an injury but they're done their rehab but aren't quite ready to go back into playing so it's like a bridge between that So it helps them get prepared for going back and playing after they're done their rehab. Right. Because a lot of players will go do their rehab and then they'll go right back out into playing. And two months later, their shoulder still hurts.
0: Right. The only kind of post rehab easing into the game is a couple practices typically, right? But practices are, I don't know what you want to call it, 60, 70% game.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that would be really amazing to do. Um, Like I said, NFL would be really cool. NBA um, I would love to work with tennis. I think like Serena Williams would be so cool. She's incredible, and she's a woman, so it would be amazing to work with her. Um, Conor McGregor. <laughs> yeah. He would be. A, he would
0: be great. How to, or how receptive do you think he would be to yoga?
1: I don't think he would be. No. 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 I
0: you think... think he'd have to be forcing on him a little bit?
1: Oh no! Sorry. No. I'm. I'm. I'm like. I I misunderstood. I. I think he would be into it. I okay. think he. Well, I think when you're that level of athlete, you have to be open to new things that yeah. are going to help you. And I think anything that you, his coaches or he thinks is going to make him better, he'll try.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, well, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but would yoga be more beneficial to sports in which you have quite a bit more muscular and balance? So any sport that you're leaning one way or the other more than anything, like hockey, tennis, baseball. I'm trying to think. Football is so dependent on the position. Obviously, quarterback would be a lot more one-sided than a a lineman, say.
1: Um, I mean, it's amazing for that because there's so many imbalances, but yoga is great for everyday people or people who have chronic pain, rehabbing injuries, for everybody. Um, Mostly everyone has imbalances in your body, whether you're an athlete or not. So I think joke is great for everyone.
0: Is there is there a best time to do it in an active schedule? So, you know, for example, a hockey player might work out in the morning and then skate in the afternoon. Is it best for him to do it at the end of his day, winding down, or is it better to do it pre-activity?
1: Yeah, it just depends on exactly what their week is like. Usually we'll either do it on an off day when they don't have training and they don't have skating, or... Um, after their workout on a day where they don't have skating depending on what we're doing as well it might be an active recovery or it might be just regular simple stretching right nothing more than that yeah because
0: it is in and of itself a workout like (laughs) you sweat in yoga yeah it's not just a relaxed stretching class by any means definitely not um so do you with yoga do you kind of implement or follow yourself any specific nutrition plan for myself. Well, for yourself, and then also, do you advocate it for for your athletes that you coach as well?
1: Most of them, I mean, if they ask me my opinion, I'll tell them. But I'm not a I'm not a nutritionist, so I'm not gonna tell them eat this, this, and this and this because I'm not that. I can give them the name of a nutritionist to go talk to, um, or tell them what I eat, but I'm not gonna. That's not my forte, so I don't want to be the person to be telling them things.
0: Right. And what kind of nutrition plan do you follow?
1: Just live in a healthy lifestyle. I eat eat what I like, but I don't eat poorly. Um, when I want something like chocolate, I'll eat it.
0: So pretty much balanced, everything in moderation. Yeah, that,
1: exactly. That's yeah. good.
0: Basic, I think, typically mm-hmm. works for the most broad amount of people. Yeah. Um, so would you classify your coaching as more of being in the fitness industry or being more in the health and wellness? And is there a difference between those communities?
1: Um, it, it, I, that's, that's tough because I think fitness, when people think about fitness, they think about personal training and um, like group classes, studios. And then when you think about health and wellness, you think more nutrition, Um, rehab, physio, things like that, so where yoga can be in both. It can be set in a yoga studio setting, or it can be set in a physiotherapist clinic one-on-one with an individual. Um, So it's a little bit of health and wellness when you're rehabbing injuries, um, but fitness in the same sense when you're using it as your training.
0: Would you do you see any problems with, with either of those communities right now? Are there anything that you see troubling trends that are kind of coming, misinformation or
1: I think there's a lot of a lot of a lot of facilities now, a lot of trainers now, and you have to find the right person for you. I think that it's important when you're trying to find when you're trying to be an active person to find something that you really like. If you don't like running, don't run. Maybe you like yoga instead, so go to that person. But it's also important to make sure that you're finding a person who is knows what they're doing because there's so many personal trainers now. There's so many everything now. So I wouldn't say the only thing that I think is getting better is that there's it's... The fitness industry is constantly innovating and constantly changing and there's so many new things, um, which is great because finally those things are being introduced, whereas before in the past, I feel like it was just set in stone, the old times, what it was like and people just followed that and didn't really want to, if you're set in your ways, you don't want to expand into new, innovative things. Whereas now I think that like functional movement is becoming way more popular than just lifting weights for athletes, which is exactly what yoga is, is functional movement. So finally it's becoming like a bigger thing for people.
0: Right. It's just sort of more of an overall, um, overall healthier approach to it. It's not yeah. so single-minded. It's, exactly. It can be applied to anything you do in life. Right? Exactly. So what advice would you give to someone who hasn't really pursued any form of fitness throughout their life now you know in their mid-20s early 30s is looking to get looking to make a change in their life because it can be incredibly hard as you said before yeah. like people are so stuck in their ways yeah so w- what advice would you give to someone trying to implement a regular you know athletic routine into their life
1: i would tell them to find something that they love do running do yoga do pilates do weight training Try everything, and then you're going to find something that you do really like. You don't want to go to the gym every day and hate going to the gym every day um, or go on a run and hate it the whole time. So I would say try things. Try new things. Maybe you like Zumba. Go to Zumba. Like, if you like it, do it. No matter what you're doing, like, get, get your physical activity, but do something that you love. Don't do something that you hate every single day.
0: Now, as, as an athletic person, where would you draw the line, though, of, you know, someone not doing, doing something up until the point, they start to, they, they stop disliking it and start liking it. Like, a lot of the times, you don't like something just simply because you're not good at it or because you don't have experience. But the second you start seeing improvement and you start getting a little confidence, all of a sudden, you like it. So there is that kind of, there is that gray area where you're like, well, I think I don't like it, but how long do I pursue it until I decide?
1: I try it for a couple weeks I don't know yeah <laughs> it's hard to some people know they don't know they hate running and so don't do it like do something else but right. maybe you'll like it in, in a week or two I doubt it but maybe <laughs> um, but like weight training people don't like lifting weights at first but once you start doing it it's actually really fun so you might like it so I don't know just give everything a go and
0: what's the saying it takes 20 21 days to get addicted to something I have no Never heard that one before. <laughs> I'll have to look that one up. Um, so last question, what most excites you kind of going into the future in, in, in your professional and your personal life, you know, about your industry?
1: Yeah. Um, so I hope to expand yoga out into different areas of the world, U.S., Europe even would be incredible. Um, work with NFL, NBA, professional soccer would be really cool. So that's just my dream and my goal to have that happen over the next while. Pursue that as much as possible.
0: Perfect. Well, that sounds good and wish you the best. And everyone out there listening, make sure you check out Joga with Brie, right?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: And cool. what, uh, what are your handles on social media?
1: Um, Breeagooley, B-R-E-A-G-U-H-L-E. And
0: that's for Instagram, Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. All right, thanks a lot, Brie.
1: Thank you for having me. Have
0: a great day.